are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. But before this up, had you really never seen the original Gremlins movie? I really had never seen the original Gremlins movie, Captain. It did come out before I was born. And I never saw the point in watching a Tribble drive a toy car around a shopping center. You weren't born yet when Gremlins came out? Uh, Calm down. Uh, We can circle back to that later. Not only is Gremlins a treatise on the dangers of capitalism run amok in a consumerist 1980s society, it is also a perfect example of externalizing the problem. Pause. I think that what our dear captain is trying to say, friends, is that today we will be exploring the narrative therapy concept of externalizing the problem through the lens of Gremlins. We'll be looking through a Grem lens, if you will. I most certainly will not. (laughs) Must everything be a portmanteau? Without puns, I have nothing. Welcome back aboard the Starship Therapies, friends. I am your captain, Justine Mastin. Uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, and an experienced yoga teacher at the 200-hour level. I have a private practice in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as a yoga business, and I do lots of things that I will stop talking about now. Captain, I am amazed and in awe of your brevity today. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I am the Spockian First Officer, Larissa Garski. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist as well. I currently practice uh, in and around the Chicago area of Illinois. And when I am not practicing therapy or doing uh, Vulcan yoga, you can often find me writing on geek therapy topics and uh, performing in a variety of venues with my dear friend, Justine. Hmm. And today, listeners, we're not giving any spoiler alerts because this movie came out before I was born. Right. That's some real talk right there. Uh huh. <clears throat> just as a reminder, we want to be clear with our listeners that just because we are therapists doesn't mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. Mm-hmm. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor, and it is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. But, sir, honestly, why did you have me watch the Trouble with Tribbles movie? We could have used any number of fandoms to explain the concept of externalization. Seriously, I made a list during the film. (laughs) I had to suffer through so many gremlins wearing hats and smoking and doing strange, odd dances. (laughs) And then there was this time when they all dressed up as carolers for no, no reason at all that I could even begin to hypothesize. It was the holidays. Yeah, but no, I don't think that explains it, sir. Uh, Anyway, also, and perhaps most importantly, why is there only a voiceover at the beginning and the end? It's completely illogical and inconsistent. I'm going to stop you right there um, because there there is no sense in trying to make sense of this film. It's also seriously problematic and would not be appropriate for children under the age of adult. Uh, the, The 80s were a different time in our culture. 
also, not to get too pedantic, but the triple-looking dude is Gizmo, and he's a mogwai. The reason that I asked you to watch this, Spock, is that I use gremlins as a tool in session with clients quite often, and it really resonates for them. I thought that our friends at home might find it helpful as well, but it would probably be important to give just a brief explanation of what the heck externalization is uh, before we get to why my use of gremlins is genius. Yes, genius, I'm sure. Well, much like this movie you keep going on about, externalizing was introduced in the early 1980s to the field of marriage and family therapy, originally developed from work with children. I said brief explanation. Life is so hard. To to understand a concept (laughs) in its entirety, it's helpful to have the context. But for the sake of brevity and the captain's sanity, I'll go with this. The phrase that best sums up externalizing is, the person is not the problem, the problem is the problem. Or in this case, the gremlin is the gremlin. Mm, That was beautifully succinct. Yes, the idea here is that people tend to internalize problems and start to believe that they themselves are a problem instead of a person dealing with a problem. I want to be clear that externalizing is not blaming someone else. It's just separating the person from the problem. For instance, if a client was dealing with anxiety, they might say something like, it's hard being such an anxious person, which fuses their identity to anxiousness. But if I was using the externalizing technique with them, I would ask something like, how long has anxiety been with you? which creates a separation between the person and the problem. Instead of being anxious, they are with anxiety. And I would take this a step further in my sessions because that's what I do. And I would say, how long have these anxiety gremlins been crawling all over you? Fascinating. It took you so long to get to the gremlins. (laughs) But now that we are here... I must admit that gremlins as a metaphor would be a logical externalization of anxiety. They certainly took over everything once they showed up. That could represent any sort of out of control feeling, in fact. Anxiety, depression, you know, a phobia, obsessive thoughts. Uh, for depression, I tend, to, I tend to think of a really lazy dude that won't leave you alone, like a frat boy that won't get off your couch. but. Um, Sure, the rest of those feel accurate to me. (laughs) I'm going to need some time to uh, to take that in, Captain. So why don't you you continue? Uh, Yes. So I would agree that this could represent any sort of out of control feeling. And there were very clear care instructions for this mogwai. Uh, Keep him out of the light. Never give him water or get him wet. And never, ever, under any circumstances, feed him after midnight. Forgive me, Captain, but that feels a bit blaming of the Mogwai's caretaker, Billy, who is already under a great deal of stress being a 17-year-old, 25-year-old working (laughs) full-time at a bank. And I would assume finishing high school during during the nighttime evening hours. Um, Let's remember that the initial water spill that caused the Mogwai to multiply was an accident, albeit due to inattention and Billy's strange habit of keeping paintbrushes in full water jars. Nonetheless, it was an accident, too, that pitiable Billy fed the mogwai after midnight. He forgot to 
check the cord on his bedside clock radio. And it was the 80s, so he did not have a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some could argue that perhaps the Mogwai wanted to be gremlins and they unplugged his clock. Dun, dun, dun! Yes, all of them did seem to have a hankering towards the gremlin form, except for dear sweet Gizmo. Yeah, who was reading his newspaper and was like, no, thank you, Billy. I don't want food. I know it's after midnight, but I'm not going to tell you that. No, he was surprisingly unhelpful when it came to those kinds of things. <laughs> but perhaps he understood that really moving through your own gremlins is part of the natural coming of age process. And despite being 17 going on 25, <laughs> Billing had a lot of growing to do. That was a wise mogwai. There, there's no blame here, Spock, but we as humans do have certain needs. We each individually have our own set of instructions, the care and feeding of us or our self-care. And we all, and I don't use all lightly, we all experience struggles with our self-care. Following those rules 100% of the time into the letter is almost impossible. None of us will be able to do it all the time, meaning that we all have struggles we all have our own gremlins to be defeated or additional mogwai that really need to be put in, back in their baskets so they don't become gremlins. And the gremlins don't want to cooperate. So you need some serious skills before facing them. I think you've led us a bit off course here, sir. Or am I to understand that you are just then using the externalizing technique? You got me. But wasn't that a more fun way to talk about self-care challenges? I don't know that fun is the word that I would use, <laughs> but yes, I can see how talking about putting mogwai in baskets is more fun than discussing the importance of personal solicitousness. Uh, sure. Let's bring things back to the folks at home. Uh, friends, if you've listened to Ep 2 on social constructionism, you know that some of what we as humans believe to be true is in fact a socially constructed reality. And we invited you to start questioning how you feel about your reality. So as you're starting to look around and question what's true, also pay attention to the language that you use to describe what's going on. And specifically, how you describe what's going on inside of you. Yes, that's a great point. If you find that you're labeling yourself or taking on blame, perhaps pause and ask if this might be a place where you can externalize the problem. Instead of, I'm a bad person because I yelled at my friend, see if you can shift the story slightly to be outside of yourself, such as, how long has anger been with me? In what ways is anger preventing me from telling the truth that really is inside of me? This might help you to introduce compassion to yourself, which we will be discussing in our next episode. As always, friends, we would love to hear about your experiences, triumphs, and challenges with this information, so please leave your thoughts on our Facebook page. Also, be sure to rate and share our podcasts so that more folks can hear what we do. And for those listeners out there who have a bit of a Spockian bent, and who, I'm sure, appreciate very much the whimsy of our dear captain, but also might want to go a little bit deeper further in the analysis or study of some of these concepts. Um, I would say take a look at our liner notes, but also get on the Google and Google search externalizing the problem, the concept of unique outcomes, self-care or self-compassion. And as always, much of this pulls from the narrative therapeutic work of Michael White and David Epstein, Epstein, who, who is in fact called David Epstein. 
even though it would be much easier for my Vulcan mind if he would just do a name change. David, I'm pulling for you. Um, at any rate, you can go ahead and Google both Michael White and David Epstein to get a, a complete list of all of their many works and studies on narrative therapy. And as always, we may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song, to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art, and finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens, who always knows the difference between gremlins, tribbles, and goonies. Hashtag not all 80s movies? And deep within his heart, he carries an unabiding love for the Princess Bride. Please do tune in for our next episode, folks, on self-compassion and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. There's so much there, we promise. Mm-hmm. And as always, friends, live, live long and, and prosper. prosper.